<laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Well, we back. Episode 44 presented to you proudly by our partners at Moon Golf. Today's show is always proudly presented by everyone at Moon Golf in Auburn. Uh, they have four locations, Auburn, and then down the... Uh, good Lord, you okay over there? Congestion. <laughs> Moon Golf is locally owned and operated by the wonderful Dan and Ann Moon, who have given us this great partnership. A few characteristics that might come to mind when we suggest Moon Golf is friendliness, quality, expertise, and the best selection of clubs. Well, we within. need one more. That was only four. They're a five star company. Oh. Five star. <laughs> Name something else. Personality. Personality. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> From bags to clubs, putters to drivers, Moon has it all. If you are in need for a newly built set of clubs, a fitment for a driver, or even something as simple as a new grip, they will have you covered and have you taken care of with the best turnaround time in this area. That's true. Um, that means no more going to these other stores that have a golf selection built into them. John <laughs> from Shoes. John from Shoes. Because Moon Golf is a golf store with only golf equipment and golf gear. <laughs> they offer the finest technology with the top tier TrackMan monitors in the fitting bays to get you the most accurate numbers possible to determine and adjust you in your game. That's it. Don't waste any more time in any other stores. Go to Moon Golf and tell them you heard about them on the BSG podcast. And the fitters are top-notch. We've done form relationships with them now. Yeah. Jeremy went to pick up my three-wood the other day before I got it, and, he, and the guy's like, you kind of look like Zach. Are you related to him? <laughs> I said, that means a lot. That means we're in there enough right, yeah. where they know what I look like. Was it Jonah's parents messaged us? Oh, yeah. 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 Jonah's parents Offered a place to stay? We got connections now. Yeah, down in Melbourne, they said, hey, if y'all are coming out here to film some videos at some courses, one, we have nice courses, two, you can stay. We have an extra room for y'all. Oh, we could tour all three facilities. That's it. Oh, yeah, because other ones Mel- are down there. All three men golfs are in Melbourne. Jeremy bought a um, he bought a club from him this past week. Did he tell you? Oh, yeah, he bought a uh, hybrid. He bought a new hybrid. Ping. G. Yeah, that man, if anybody in our circle loves hybrids, that man loves hybrids. What if I, he had a bag full of hybrids? I, I was just about to say, I wouldn't be surprised. He has, what, the three? Three, four. Five, oh, he three, has a five. Three, five. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a, yeah. Dang. What about a seven? I, I could see him having a seven. Hybrid or seven wood? Either one. You know, the pros will carry that seven wood for like a 200-yard club. And the amateurs will carry I want a five hybrids. wood. So I swung the five wood the other. I was trying to get fit for a new hybrid. My body was not working. I could not hit the ball for nothing. I bet that's frustrating because you oh, schedule the fitting. Schedule it, drive an hour from work, cannot hit. So I kept my hybrid, but I swung the five wood, the paradigm a couple times yeah. for like a 230 club. I said, ooh. But then I got to get rid of my five iron. I remember when I first got into golf, I thought you had to have a driver three wood, five wood. So that's what I bought. I did too. No, I had no difference between three and five wood. I just carried it. Cause I said, Oh, that's what the pros have. And mm-hmm. then it went to my four iron, but now I just have the hybrid. Mine's driver three, four hybrid. That's pretty good, but there's still some range. Brady in there. carries 15 clubs illegally. I do some days <laughs> when we do four man, I got to carry that two iron just in case. Just to use it. But with that being said, we're going to jump into our interview today. Vince Drummond. So today we have Vince Strawman with us on the show, um, PGA golf coach at the Old Oakland Golf Club in Indianapolis. Uh, he's a former golf coach for Division One in and NAIA. Um, that's pretty much all I got on you. I couldn't really find the uh, colleges. So if you'd like to enlighten us on what what uh, colleges you coach for, 
<laughs> is it Draman or Draymond? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not very special, so I was interested to see what you could find. There's probably not much besides some tournament results. I did see a lot of um, tournament results, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played NAI golf in school, so I played at two different NAI schools. And then right out of college, I was a graduate assistant at William Woods University, which is an NAI school in Missouri. Uh, we were top five in the country the year that I was there. And then at 24, I was the head coach at an NAI school in North Dakota called the University of Jamestown. So I was the head men's and women's golf coach there for a year. Uh, both teams made it to the national tournament for the first time in a long time. But obviously, North Dakota was not a great place to be a golf coach. So uh, I was there for one year. And then for the last four years of my coaching career, uh, I was back here in India. I was the assistant men's and women's golf coach at IUPUI in downtown Indianapolis. So I uh, just switched over to teaching full-time last January and doing that for about a year. Um, and it's been going really well. It's allowed me to have more time to focus on my own game, which was kind of the goal in, in making the switch. And it's been good. It's been a really exciting year. So I'm about to annoy these guys, but not only do we have the dogs in common, we're both NAIA collegiate athletes. Oh, my God. There you go. I love it. <laughs> See, there's something different about us. We're collegiate at scholarship athletes, NAIA. I don't think your scores are similar to his. Well, I played a different sport. I played soccer. But there you go. Nonetheless, scholarship athlete right here. <laughs> there you go. What school you play uh, Point University. It's in West Point, Georgia. They're just jealous. They didn't go yeah. that far in life. The collegiate athlete part. <laughs> I was about to say, this man <laughs> went to Alabama. <laughs> I was going to say, I wasn't good enough to walk on with Coach Saban. So. <laughs> and then Brady pretends. He says, sit in the stands. Brady pretends to ride dirt bikes. So. I'm on bison at heart. Oh, so <laughs> <Yeah>. bison. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Anyways. Yeah. Um, what was your path like through college and did you see yourself becoming a golf pro or did you uh, have any other thoughts of pursuing a career chasing like the tour or anything like that? Yeah, so I was, uh, I guess, more of a late bloomer in high school. I'd always played golf. My dad was a big golf fanatic, so I never had really any formal instruction growing up, but I was always at the golf course. I was the kid that would get dropped off at 8 a.m. in the summer and play until dark and my parents would come pick me up. Um, and so I always loved golf, but I never really, I felt like for me at every level, it took a while to kind of break through and get comfortable. So when I got to high school, uh, I played JV my freshman year, played in one varsity event, shot like 92, didn't play any more varsity, uh, then played varsity my sophomore year, but was like in that four or five spot. Started to play a little bit better my junior year, um, and then junior year was the year uh, like we made it to states and we did all the good stuff. Uh, but my class here in Indiana was pretty deep, like the other kids who were in my grade. So I didn't really get any D1 looks, um, and so I had a really really good senior year, but wound up going to University of the Cumberlands, which is a NAI school in like southeastern Kentucky. Um, I was there for two seasons. We were really good golf team at the NAI level. I was there my sophomore year. I played number three on the team and we were ranked number four in the country for a lot of the year. Um, but just kind of missed home and, and was ready to get back and be back around family. So I transferred back to Marion University, uh, which is here in Indianapolis. Um, I was there for three seasons. I played my first year and then I actually redshirted for an entire year to do uh, two different public accounting internships. So at that point in life, I was considering being account an accountant until I did two full-time public accounting internships, and then I realized I 
Didn't really want to be an accountant. I hated Um, accounting. (laughs) (laughs) And so for me going into my senior year, I kind of set a list of goals for myself, like things I wanted to get accomplished if I was going to pursue professional golf, Um, be a first team NAI All-American, have a certain scoring average, do some different things like that. Uh, And I actually came pretty close to a lot of those goals. Uh, But for me, being an accounting major, always being a business guy, money was always how my brain worked. Um, And I just didn't really think I'd be very successful chasing the mini tours, spending other people's money, essentially. Like I didn't come from a background where my parents would have been able to back me or anything like that. And so I could have gone to my local club and uh, raised the money and been able to kind of do it as a crowdfunding sort of thing but i knew for me in the back of my mind i'd I'd always be thinking about the money instead of being freed up to go play golf uh and so since i knew i didn't want to do accounting and i I wasn't really ready to dive all in on professional golf i was lucky enough to find a graduate assistantship um, like i said at a very good school where i did coaching got my master's paid for so i wound up getting my mba as well while i was there Um, And it was a really good experience for me because it kind of gave me two different pathways when I came out. Uh, Obviously, being there, I fell in love with coaching and and decided to go down that route. But um, it was it was a really good experience for me. It was one of those things where there was probably three or four different times in my college career. You could have asked me what I thought my path was going to be after school and it would have been different every time. Um, And none of those times would have included me being a full time teaching professional, which I am now. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome I, I i think that most of us like we we have no idea like coming out of college what we're gonna really settle down and do and i think like especially coming together and doing something like what we're doing now mm-hmm. is something that we've never even thought we could dream of doing so i think it's pretty cool how you, like things that you love to do end up coming into your life one way or another Definitely. Yeah, I think that was that was the biggest thing for me was I just didn't really love the accounting aspect of it. Like you make good money, you have a guaranteed job, all those things. But I didn't have a real passion for it. Like I had a couple full time job offers after my internships and it wasn't like I was a bad accountant or a bad student, but I just didn't have the passion for it. Um, And I had always been taught by my parents growing up to do what I love and Uh, to just go after whatever your heart's telling you to. And so for me, coming out of school, it was definitely a decision that got me a a lot of sideways looks from people kind of outside my circle. Um, But I was lucky enough to have people with, whether it was my parents or my coaches or or the people around me who supported me, they told me to to go ahead and do it and chase my dreams and do something that that I enjoyed. And it's it's definitely been uh, an interesting path, but it's it's been exciting for sure. What do you what do you enjoy? out of these two options, the most of being a uh, teaching pro is, do you enjoy like nitpicking a really good player and fine tuning them or having someone come in that's like a mid handicapper and you're trying to help them just understand golf? Uh, I think it depends for me. Honestly, for me, the biggest part of the instruction aspect is trying to build a relationship. As a college coach, I felt like that's what a lot of my job was. And so that's the part of coaching, teaching, that still attracts me. Um, I'm very much viewing myself, even at our private facility here in India, as a golf coach and not necessarily a swing instructor. Um, So I've definitely taken a different approach. I try to get students who come see me consistently to spend time in different places. I do a lot of playing lessons. I do a lot of short game lessons. 
Uh, we definitely spend time on the range, but in the summer when I'm busy giving six, seven, eight lessons a day, the last thing I personally want to do is stand on the range for eight hours. Mm -hmm. um, one, I don't think it's the best service to the students, but two, it's not enjoyable for me at all. Um, and so I would say for me, I, I definitely get benefits as a coach out of both sides of things. Uh, but for me, when you have a student, regardless of the level, who's willing to learn and listen and try new things and then goes out and practices on their own and comes back to you with feedback, whether that's good or bad, I think that relationship aspect is what excites me about coaching because I know when I have those students, eventually I'll get to see that light bulb moment. Yeah. It's not always quick. Sometimes it is, but that's that's the most rewarding thing for me. Um, there's a couple members at our club, one of them in particular I'm thinking about who's a little bit uh, older guy, and we've worked together pretty much since I started in January. Um, and he now comes in every time excited for a lesson because things continue to get better because it's about six months ago it finally clicked for him mm -hmm. to where he's got it. It feels simple now. He's starting to really feel like he's blossoming in his game. Um, and we're able to take our time together outside of just swing thoughts. And so now we're going out on the golf course and actually working on how to score the golf ball. Obviously, being able to have a pattern and a swing that you consistently rely on uh, is important. And it's the first step for a lot of students. But realistically, most people's goal, not everybody, surprisingly, but most people's goal and my goal as a coach is to help you shoot lower scores. And yeah. so that's where my lessons and my work with students is is kind of tailored. Yeah, that, that sounds uh, similar to like the guys that we know in this area that have uh, that do the golf lessons and stuff like that. I think we've learned probably more advice from them. Like I, I feel like you can sit and watch endless amount of YouTube videos and until you get like the connection of being on the you know range working on the short game area and actually being on the course with a coach like someone that knows what to do in certain situations like I think you learn the most that way for sure um I always always tell my students that YouTube University is a dangerous place <laughs> yeah uh, I think I think nowadays it's it's awesome how much information we have access to uh, but even for myself, trying to do a little bit of content creation type stuff, like a lot of the stuff that I post is stuff that people ask me in lessons or uh, things that I see commonly that I think need to be addressed. But if you went through my page and saw every tip video and tried to do every one back to back, you'd wind up more confused than <laughs> you showed up. And that's because there are certain things that work in certain situations but the video that you are watching may not be the thing you actually need to work on. And so that's where I feel like finding someone you can trust as an instructor and someone that you can build a relationship with. It doesn't have to be that you go see that person once a week, but somebody that you can text and say, hey, this is what's going wrong. What do you think I should do? And get a specific drill prescribed to you and your swing and your tendencies instead of just Googling or YouTubing whatever because what pops up may, even if it's the right thing, it may be presented in the wrong way. And I think that's one of the things that gets people mentally tied up a lot. If you watch the tip shows on Golf Channel or read the articles in Golf Digest, like they're basically telling you, okay, this is the thought or the drill that the winner on tour had this week, which is awesome. But the way that Shawfley swings the club is completely different from the way Rom, Rom swings the club. And both of those are probably 
way different from the way an average 15 handicapper swings the club. And so those thoughts and feelings aren't necessarily helping. Yeah, that, that's true for sure. Um, you, um, you're still playing in like these club events and uh, programs and stuff like that right now? Yep, uh, I'm still playing in, in quite a few section events. So I'm, uh, I just got my class A in May of this year. So I'm officially a member of the PGA of America. Um, but I've been playing tournaments as an associate and, and within the PGA, within our Indiana PGA section uh, since 2020 when I officially turned professional, I guess. Um, and so I play a, a pretty extensive schedule for sure. What's, what's, uh, tur- oh, my bad. what's tournament good. prep for you look like? you got a tournament coming up on the weekend. Uh, in between, I guess, teaching, how do you work out what you're going to do to prep for it? Yeah, it depends. Honestly, right now, and where I'm kind of at, it, it depends on the importance of the event. I hate to put it that way mm-hmm. because every event's important and every event's a chance for me to go out and make some money. And obviously every time I tee it up, I want to win. Uh, but also I, I have a job. I'm not a true professional golfer. I'm mm-hmm. a golf pro. Um, and so we have a lot of like one day events and things like that. Uh, and for that, I just try to make sure I get in some practice throughout the week and play holes when I can. But when I'm prepping for a bigger event, like our state open or our Indiana PGA section championship, some things like that, I'll physically block out times in my teaching schedule and like force myself to go play or go practice. Not that I don't want to, but obviously for me, there's a lot of times where somebody asks me for a lesson and the money's right there. If I don't have that time already blocked out, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take, the lesson and the money. And so you can get yourself too busy too fast. And I think that's one of the things starting out for me, I didn't come into teaching with like a big student load or a big following here in Indy because I was coming as a college coach. And for me wanting to play more, I think that actually helped me because I wasn't overloaded from the beginning. And I kind of was able to figure out in my first year of teaching full time, okay, if I have a big event coming up, I can schedule nine holes on this day and 18 holes on this day and two hours of practice on this day and give myself the opportunity to feel like I'm actually prepped and ready to go for events where a lot of teaching pros, even the ones who play consistently in section events are showing up and they've hit balls maybe for 45 minutes a day, but they haven't played a round of golf in two weeks because they've been so busy with teaching. Um, And so it's, it can definitely be a, a tough balance, but for me, leading into those bigger events, it's physically going through and scheduling out what my practice times are going to be and then filling those time in, times in with things that are going to benefit me. So I do, I use Decade. I don't know if you guys know what that is, um, but for course management and my stat tracking. Uh, and so Decade allows me to see kind of my trends over time mm-hmm. and it gives me a pretty good idea of where I need to spend my time practicing. So if my strokes gain approach from hundred to one fifty is really bad for a two week stretch leading into a bigger event, I'll spend a lot more time working on wedges and short irons. Uh, obviously same thing with driving, putting, et cetera. Uh, but I've always been a play first kind of guy. I was a play first kind of kid. So I feel like personally leading into a bigger event, I need, more holes than anything else so i'll try to go find a cash game here in town or go out and play with some members do some stuff like that where i'm putting myself on the course in situations trying to go shoot a number when you're doing coaching how important is it for you to get the student off the range like to walk 
or play nine holes as opposed to just perfecting a swing? It's a really good question. I think, honestly, for me, a lot of it depends on time of year. Um, us being in Indiana, we have a lot of guys who it's getting better now. Like, hopefully I'll go play golf on Thursday for the first time here all year. But, um, like, December, kind of really end of October is when the weather starts to get iffy. So, November, December, January, I do have some people who were working more on those serious swing changes. Um, obviously, we can always make – changes to the swing but a lot of times if we're in season particularly with the guys at our club who are wanting to play in men's league and play in club championships and do things like that where they're trying to be somewhat competitive um i try to keep the the range lessons and the swing thoughts very simple and our goal a lot of the time is focused more on what the ball is doing rather than what the swing looks like so i use Trackman a lot in the winter. I use it a decent amount outdoors, mostly with higher level players, just because I don't want to confuse people. We can tell a lot of what we need to know off ball flight. Uh, um, I'll also use video a lot indoors and then less outdoors. Once again, it depends on the player and the situation. Um, but it's definitely a big switch for some people especially those guys who I lovingly call range rats to get them actually on the golf course. Yeah. Because regardless of what the swing looks like or what position they're in at a various point in the swing, all that matters is how the club impacts the ball and then how the ball takes off. So uh, being able to get out on the golf course and see your tendencies when you only have one swing at it, as opposed to a driving range where you can rake ball after ball is definitely uh, an important aspect of it because that feedback is what's going to allow us to drive improvement in future lessons. Gotcha. What um, what kind of advice would you give to like a junior golfer or a um, someone that's coming up through high school, going and looking for a good college career, um, that is actually like having a dream of chasing a career on the tour or something like that? Yeah, it it's tough. I mean, I the kids that I work with. I encourage them for sure. I also make sure I sprinkle in a dose of reality every now and then because it's a very difficult task to get there. Um, but I think as a kid, when you look at junior development, the two things I really work on with kids are trying to get them to swing it as fast as they can. If you look at how the human body works, going through puberty, going through adolescence, there is a shorter window than most people realize to really be able to take advantage of developing those explosive muscles and developing speed. And so if you can get kids doing, I don't want to say speed training because it's not a lot of anything besides hitting golf balls as hard as you possibly can. But if you can get kids doing more of that when they're young, those are the kids that are going to wind up hitting it a lot further when they get to be 15, 16, 17, 18 and beyond. Um, and as you look at all of the trends in golf, being long is probably more important than it ever has been. And I think it'll continue to be important. Um, so I would say we spend a lot of time on trying to get them to not be afraid to develop swing and then trying to work a lot on developing a short game as well. And a lot of the junior programs that I run we're not super technical around the greens, but we play a lot of games. We'll play a lot of up and down games. 
We'll play a lot of different chipping games where you're competing against yourself or a partner. We'll do a ton of putting competitions to where those kids are focused on, okay, I have to get this ball up and down against my buddy or I owe him five push-ups right here on the chipping green. Or if I make this putt at the end of junior golf camp, everybody gets ice cream tomorrow. Trying to do fun things where you're putting them in situations that are competitive without them knowing it, and it allows them to build those good habits that then allow them to feel like they can execute some of those short game shots when they start to get into more pressure situations down the line. Um, obviously, the ball striking piece is super important. Personally, I feel like we can always work on the more technical aspects of the swing a little bit later. For most junior golfers, like under middle school age, I just want them to have fun. And so our junior camps, if you look at it from the outside looking in and you haven't seen the game plan for the day, probably look like organized chaos. And they kind of are because I want the kids to have fun. I want them to look forward to coming to junior golf with their buddies. And I want golf to be something that's exciting. Um, as you start to work into those middle school and high school years, I think finding somebody who you can work with from a coach point of view is definitely important. I think the other aspect too is being able to build a tournament schedule that fits your current skill level while having a look towards your future goals as well. Like if you're a kid who's shooting 84 as a sophomore in high school, I'm not going to tell you to go sign up for a bunch of national events because you're just going to go get your brains beat in. But finding a way for each kid to build a schedule that mixes in a few tournaments that they feel like they can compete and have a chance to win because learning how to win is a skill. Finding a few events where you feel like you're going to have to work really hard, but it's still realistic that you win. And then finding a few events where essentially you're going to go get your brains beat in. So for some high school kids, that's trying to qualify for a state open or a men's event, a USAM, something like that. Um, because I think there does need to be an aspect of, okay, I have a lot further to go, but I also think learning how to win when you can, when you're the favorite, when you're supposed to, however you want to put that language, I think is something that can't really be taught. Um, and obviously as you get up to college golf, as you get into Corn Ferry PGA Tour, you don't have to win to be super successful. But if you look at a lot of the most successful players on tour, like the guys who are consistently inside the top 100 on the money list that aren't the names you see every week, they usually have four to 10 good weeks every year. And the rest of their year is bleh. They miss some cuts. They finish right around the bottom or middle half of the field a lot of the time. But when they get hot, they get really hot and they know how to convert when they're hot. And so I think that's something that I try to look at maybe more than other people do, um, because I do think it's a, a skill that can be tough to learn later in life. What I heard was take my boys to the range and have them swing like Kyle Berkshire over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Swing as hard yes. as possible. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm going to yes. do. Well, yes. I, I saw a coach on, on my way here. I was watching videos. Oh, he not, just said not don't while do that. Driving. Not while driving. <laughs> no, but he was talking about how beneficial it was to have your driver swing speed be over 110. He said 110 is the mark that really starts to separate you to be able to trim down to single-digit handicaps. 
He said, anybody can work around the range um, and around the greens, but once you get that 110 mark, you're long, and then it's easier inside. You start swinging shorter irons, and you start really attacking more. Do you so, think that that's pretty on par with it? Uh, I would agree to a point. I mean, I don't. In my mind, I don't know that there's necessarily a number, right? Like a lot of it depends too on where you're playing from. If you're playing in your local men's club event, you're probably playing the white tees, which at most courses are 6,000 to 6,500 yards. You really don't have to swing at 110 from those tees to still have a bunch of nine irons and wedges in. Um, I think at the most competitive levels, if you just look at the trending stats over the last few years, all of the numbers are going up, right? Club head speed's going up, ball speed's going up, average carry distance off the tee is going up. So speed's becoming more and more important than it ever has been. Um, and even for me, I mean, I'm 29 years old. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm an old guy by any means, but I'll never forget. I was watching the NCAA national championships last year uh, and it was the final round of the individual stroke play. And the final group had three guys in it. One kid hit it 184 ball speed. One kid hit it 186 ball speed and one kid hit it 191 ball speed in competition in the final round of the NCAA championship with water on the right and desert left. And those kids are hitting it that hard. And that was a moment for me where I was like, yeah, I'm pretty glad I didn't try to make it on the PGA tour because I'm not touching that. <laughs> what are, what do you think your average ball speed is off the driver? Uh, I would say it depends. I have been doing a lot of speed training this off season. Um, so I would say when I'm more in speed training mode, which for me means I'm swinging as hard as possible and I don't care, care where the ball goes, I can probably average 177 to 178 ball speed. Um, on course, I would say I'm more probably in the 170 to 171 range. Um, but I think it's always trying to find ways to push that. Um, like I, I'm on staff with Callaway. I have a Callaway staff deal. I played the rogue ST driver last year. Uh, absolutely loved it. Favorite driver I've ever played. Um, I have the paradigm now and the ball speeds like two to three miles an hour faster. I haven't quite figured out how to get it to feel as good control wise as the rogue. So like I was down in Florida, uh, two weeks ago and I played the rogue still just because I felt more comfortable with it under the gun. Um, but definitely my tournament schedule up here starts in April. I'll be tinkering around with the paradigm, trying to figure out how I can get that control feeling because I think every mile an hour you can get in club head speed and ball speed is, is going to make a difference at the end of the day. Um, because if you're playing against whatever level of competition, if you have shorter clubs in than the rest of the guys and you're driving it semi-accurately, you're going to give yourself a huge advantage for sure. I think when my driver's on, I can – compete with any of the four of us when we play if my driver's on i'm usually one of the longer ones in our group sometimes three wood yeah sometimes three <laughs> three woods longer than their drivers but if it's on it's on and even like chip and pour i'm so far up on most of the second shots i can still compete it's wild hearing him say off season because we don't have off season yeah at all. you need, <laughs> you need to come down round. to alabama we play year round <laughs> I wonder if that hurts us though, because he gets to practice and train in the off season, and we're just we're still, still trying to grind off on it. Yeah, yeah, get to the courses. We need an off season. I'm gonna ask you some uh, some real fun questions here at the end. Um, 
What's a what's a favorite course you've played anywhere in the United States? Um, honestly, so I played 2019 USAM at Pinehurst. Oh wow! Uh, we got to play two and four, and it was awesome. That's the only USGA event I've ever played in, so it was an awesome experience for me. But I would say I enjoyed four more than I enjoyed two. <laughs> I think two obviously has the historical significance. It's hard. The greens are very difficult. Um, but four, it was probably a year or two in 2019 after the redesign. Um, and it was awesome. It was such a fun golf course. The greens were, I would say, more severe in the middle. They had a lot more shelves, but they weren't like the number two greens where everything runs off the sides. So if you hit it in the right sections, you could make a lot of birdies. Um, but the whole facility was awesome. We got to spend about a week there. My whole family went down. That was probably my, one of my better experiences in golf all around. So I would say those two places both hold a, a special place in my heart for sure. That's yeah. one of our upcoming boys trips. Yeah, we want to go sure. to Pinehurst. I think we need to wait for the U S open next year, or I think it's next you year wait for the new course to be built. Oh uh, yeah. Now. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Is it 10? Uh, I think it is. Yeah. I, uh, that's not the first time I've heard that whole or the fourth course is like somebody's favorite out of all of them. I think uh, you know you said that. Yeah, no laying up. Yeah, said that when they they're did heavy that. on that. Um, <clears throat> what is a what's one course you might have on your bucket list to play one day besides Augusta? Everybody knows Augusta's on yeah. that. One that you got a <laughs> chance mean, of getting on. Yeah, obviously everybody would want to play Augusta. Um, it's a good question. I think. For me, I haven't played much West Coast golf, uh, so I'd love a chance to play Pebble or Monterey or Spyglass, one of those courses, um, something that just sits on the ocean like that, uh, just because I've never played anything like that before out on the West Coast. I would say those are probably the places that are more bucket list items, um, but for me, I'm kind of crazy and a little selfish too, so I'd want to play them because I earned my way into a bigger event, like the yeah. U.S. Open yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what other three people, I guess, doesn't – somebody does it where they say, oh, it's a subpar. They go, uh, what three people, dead or alive, would you want in your uh, dream threesome – oh, a foursome? There you go. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, definitely Rory. Rory's my favorite oh. player. Oh. <laughs> Rory's trash. Gotta hate Let's her. don't get started on Rory. <laughs> one of the most overrated golfers on the PGA. Anyways, go ahead. He's one of the most frustrating golfers to watch because he'll freaking stripe it and miss it from six feet all day. That but, was what the Open last year, the at the old course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. Yeah, that was one of my best rounds. I loved watching it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, um, probably I'm a big Pacers guy, so probably Reggie Miller. I think that would be cool as well. Um, and then I don't know about fourth guy, probably just my dad, just cause I, I grew up playing with my dad. Anytime I get to play with my dad, it's awesome. Um, they still live here in the Indy area, but with me being a little bit busier, being married, like we don't get to play as much as I'd like to. We probably play like five to six times a year. Um, but anytime I get a chance to play with him, that'd be awesome. I, I love him being a part of some of the the bigger golf events in my life and um so probably my dad bring him along for the experience last one who do you guys a better three ball shooter reggie miller or steph curry you can't even debate i that. mean it's steph the numbers 
It's numbers. Okay, I'm Steph just asking. He's a big Reggie Miller guy. Reggie Miller before Steph came on, Reggie Miller was the three point guy. Until Ray Allen, he was. Oh, Ray Allen. <laughs> I'm just saying, Ray was it's, right there with him. I mean, it's definitely Steph. The, the things he does is it's incredible to watch. Um, I just had to get. I didn't know but, if you're you're heavy on Reggie Miller. Nah, I mean, I like it. The eight points in nine seconds and all that kind of stuff. That's historic. Those, those are my memories right there, but. Well, this week, hey, who, are you rooting for anybody in particular at the Honda Classic this week? I'm rooting for Zach Blair. He's in the field again. He's back. Maybe he'll make the cut, I hope. He's back in the field. That's my boy. There you go. Um, no, not in particular. I haven't really looked at the list, to be honest. I wonder if um, I know any of the guys that are playing down there. I know sometimes in some of the events like that, some of the PGA guys like myself, like certain sections give out uh, sponsors invites at different events, and I think the Honda might be one of those. So if there's any uh, PGA professionals in the field, I'll root for them for sure. That would be neat. Well, we appreciate you coming on and giving us time. Uh, you know, me and Zach got some sky miles. We're willing to fly. Yeah, we'll get a ready. match. We'll come at Indy and get a match going. We love to – it takes a yeah. couple of us against somebody your skill, probably four of us against Yeah, him. probably take all four of us. <laughs> usually. There's usually four of us here, but the other ones. we usually do a 4v1 series. So if you come down towards Love Atlanta, it. you let us know. Yeah. He's about to have a baby, so he can't really go anywhere for a few months. <laughs> but if you happen to be traveling. But if not, we'll catch you at the beginning of next year. We'll fly up. Yeah. yeah we'll take for it. For sure. Home. Now, if I make it down, I'll let you guys know. And if you guys come up this way, let me know. We will. Um, and one of the things that I'm trying to do, too, is I'm trying to uh, – I don't know if you guys ever watch the jersey swaps at the end of pro games. Oh, but yeah. I'm trying to uh, – <laughs> I'm trying to get some hat swaps going in the uh, No, I'll give you my polo. TikTok. If you beat us, I'll give you my polo off my back. <laughs> there you go. Hairy chest and all if you guys, out. If you, guys, if you guys want me to send you one of these DG hats and you guys want to ship me up a be, be still hat, let yeah, me know. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. You want blue or black? Uh, let's go blue. Money. We got two of them left. It's yours. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Well, we appreciate it. Rory's trash, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, boys. Appreciate it. See you, man. Thanks, See you. We back. Oh, that's it. We back. <laughs> we got great some uh, – yeah, we got – that was a great interview. Uh, now we got some housekeeping to take care of. Uh, we've got the 50th episode coming up on April the 3rd, and it's going to be live at – moon golf we're hoping we have not yet spoke to the owners of <laughs> no, the company the owners in melbourne we're speaking it into existence yeah, so. yeah it's happening and if you're watching please text me so the game plan is like he said to be live as in live as in you come and see it or we're gonna try to figure out how to go live both it's maybe I, we're gonna try yeah, both we'll figure it out okay it may be one of those things where you throw the, the old ipad up go live and then the actual recorded version oh, will come yeah, out yeah. the next day i like that yeah but they, you'll have the opportunity if all goes well to come in Hit a shot on closest to the pin. Closest one to the pin after we're going to have it open for about an hour. Yeah. So just go get dinner at Auburn. You get to come back in. You get $100 worth of stuff in the store on us. We're swapping Ooh, the Apex for We'll pull out the Amex right there. Yep. So you got, it's worth showing up to. You may hit it close to the pin. Get $100 worth of gear. I had a idea as well. Like for people, I know a lot of people might be coming from the Valley, uh, LaGrange, stuff like that. Um, we should give out like a incentive just donuts. for coming free donuts donuts maybe a sleeve of balls something Ooh. like that oh i'm in well we'll have to plan that out it would be nice to have some kind of snacks there yeah and Mitch, have food you in got, store? do you really have that connection with chick-fil-a if you do text oh, pineapple in the group we got some nuggets in there no we need a new word text kumquat, <laughs> <Have you ever laughs> kumquat? 
I can't even spell it. Uh, grapefruit. Yeah, it's like a grapefruit. Oh, okay. But Mitch texts Kumquat in the group if you have that real connection at Chick-fil-A. Get us some chicken pennies or something. Yeah, he said he was going to get the sponsorship, but all you need to know is that the he 50th said episode. he's going to get us on a lot of courses yeah. too by people he knows. <laughs> all you need to know is the fiftieth episode is going to be worth driving to Moon Golf and come checking out. Speaking of Moon Golf, I have a heap of college golf recap to get into. I'm going to try to make this brief because I have a lot of information. Tell but them why we're talking about college golf right now. What happened this yesterday and today? Well, it was actually started Sunday. Oh, I thought it was only two rounds. It was Monday and three. Oh, okay. So Sunday um, was the first round of the Moon Golf Invitational, and it ended today, this afternoon. Um, number eight, LSU, took the early lead on day one with a score of 276. So I figured out that they take the best four scores. And drop the worst. Drop the worst, yep. yeah. So that's how they got that number. Um, UCF in second was in second after round one. Uh they had a girl that shot a 65 on Ooh. day one. That's uh, to come out playing, and shoot. They're like, playing 6,300 yards. Yes, I looked it up. That's Aub- the tips at point. Yeah, <laughs> shooting 65. Auburn advanced up the leaderboard on day two with a freshman, uh, Katie Cranston's 65, putting them into second place at mm. 17 under. And then in round three, Florida's the, today was round three. Uh, Florida's. Jackie Lucina moves the team into second place when she aces the 168-yard hole 16 and then finishes her day with a 6-under 66. 168 is a real part three. Yeah. <laughs> That's long. What's she hitting on a, on that yard? Is it, what club, I wonder? Probably a 6-5. Gosh. They're so much better than us. Yeah, I know. LSU claimed victory at the Moon Golf Invitational at 31-under Scott par. loves that. Scott's a big <laughs> LSU guy. Northwestern uh, jumped into second place in round three at, and finished at 21 under. Florida uh, brought home third at 18 under, and Auburn finished just off the podium in the fourth spot at 15 under. Just like Tide just like Brady well. on Sunday night on the motocross game <laughs> off the podium, right off the podium, dude. I <laughs> could not keep podium. it together, making me angry on my. I couch. gotta turn. I gotta turn the commentary off. When is I the start sa- is the, the sand in the corner it tore you uh, up twice actually yeah god he flipped I seen that man go over the handlebar I was so said, mad oh, here we go <laughs> and I was sitting there talking all that junk I said here he comes we didn't even play up. Call of Duty we were dedicated said, yeah, to watch he's, it he's moving up he's moving up and the next thing I know they go to his screen and then I hear oh the sand corner took him down I said Brady, again Brady <laughs> anyways Auburn in fourth though that's Ann's uh, alma mater yeah so, yeah we have a your alma mater. Or that? Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. had a they uh, had an event this year or this weekend as well. Uh, the I think I'm going to say it right. The Kinderloo Forest Golf Club in Valdosta, Georgia. Um, Point University Men's Golf. Uh, they had their first event this year, so they kicked it off as well. Cole Stevens fired a three under sixty nine on day one to put himself T one with Dalton State's Gavin Noble, and uh, on the second day. Cole went on to shoot a 70 and taking a solo first going into round three. Today was the last day of their tournament. Uh, Cole kept the pressure on as he took the individual dub by shooting a one under 71 to shoot a total six under in the tournament. Uh, so he took the overall. Uh, overall score. Yeah. That's wild. Um, the Point University team finished with a podium, third overall at 12. Okay, over. Yep. That's a that's a podium. That's Coach, a win. Coach yeah. Maddox doing what he does. Yep. Um, they don't call him the best in the game for nothing. That's true. Some may say. I think so. 
Our boy Trevor Poole finished the tourney off with a solid T8, three over. Trevor's too scared to play us. I'm calling it out now, Trevor. You're too scared to play us. <laughs> we, we, there's results coming out yeah. for another. He might have a reason, yeah. Coastal Georgia comes in at second at plus uh, seven, and Dalton State on top at three under. So they were actually the winners and the only team what under par. What did point finish score-wise? 12 over total. So, oh, they're 15 strokes off the – oh, Coach Little, Coach Lytle, we got to get on that. Don't do that. You know that, man. We got to get on that. I didn't know it was that much of a dis- – was it discrepancy? Is that the word I'd use? Whenever they talk football about the coaches, I'm like, you can say what you want. You can't make them tackle. You can't make them make putts. You're right, Coach. You did he couldn't make me make putts the other day. <laughs> you're right. Oh, yeah, and you're trying. Yeah, you're I've left. seen Brady. You're know. right, Coach. Keep doing your thing. Podium's a good start, but now the, the guy's on the team. 15 strokes. We got to grind. I got one more event to get to that happened this week, Ooh, this weekend. I'll turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make this one quick. Uh, the Water Sound Invitational at the Shark's Tooth in uh, – yeah, it was the Shark's Tooth Golf Course in Panama City. Did y'all see that course down there? Mm-hmm. I did not. I never, never heard, of, heard of it. Uh, number one, Vanderbilt t- took the dub at 38 under Ooh. with – Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the difference between NAIA and uh, D1. <laughs> no, no, because what was the moon golf? What was it, 27? Oh, it was 27 under. Um, 29. Yeah, it, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, you're right. No, it was 31 under, actually, LSU. Right. 300 and 30-something under. You're so, right. yeah, 38 under was Vanderbilt's total score. Georgia Tech was on their heels at 37 under. They made a run today. Could you imagine being on 18 to tie and lipping a putt? Oh. Yeah, it, it came to – I kept updating it at work because I was trying to really keep up with it. He and ain't they busy were, like me at work. <laughs> the last <laughs> hour, I really wasn't. <laughs> and uh, Florida State finished third at 24 under par, so – Vandy has the number one ranked amateur in the nation, uh, Gordon Sargent, and he finished his third round with a 666 for a T2 tournament finish. We need to drive up to Nashville. Say, we need a 4v1 right now. I'm not scared to make the drive. Gordon, we are looking at you. I'm We're going to clip this. Tagging. Gordon, we coming. We coming. If you want That's to really, only a couple hours. We'll ride right now. If you want to establish yourself as one of the best collegiate golfers, you got to beat the BSG format. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes you beat us you got credit we'll come to your course never played it before teed up i've got tips put me way back yeah put us back <laughs> we'll, <laughs> he we'll said that with <laughs> put us yeah put us back that's about as far back as i'm going <laughs> we had a, there was another familiar name uh in the field uh ruan Oh, he played, Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State. Uh, he finished T43 overall. I don't, I'm not Unacceptable. sure. <laughs> Unacceptable. He could have probably blew him out in the point. That's uh, true. That tournament. He would have blew him out. Uh, Ruan shot a 77 on round one, 70, and a 72 during round two and three. And that's all I got for that. Unacceptable. But, yeah, let's clip it. Let's take them on. We're going to actually be reaching out to some of the Auburn women's golf. Yeah. We want that match. Yeah, that'd be nice. Open that. I guess they. that's where they practice, the AU club, right? That's where yep. the yep. – yeah, that's their official they so spot. Go ahead. We need to go get that round in with uh, Zach. Get the you know get the DL on the on the course, mm-hmm. and then start just posting us whooping up collegiate golfers on the page. They've got two <laughs> two good prospects for us: uh, Anna Foster and Katie Katie Cranston. Both shot in the sixties. Oh yeah, uh, Anna shot a sixty-seven on Sunday, and Katie shot that sixty-five yesterday. Good, y'all got to shoot them low sixty. Take us on. My goal is for our four man to be too good that we had to drop to three. Every time we play? Yeah. We know that two isn't enough. We've been beat. Right. With the win. Two yeah. isn't enough with two the win. I think without the win, we're there. We've, we're undefeated as four. We're 0-1 as a three and 0-1 as a two. Yeah. Scott takes down as a three. And then 
I don't count your brother because he left us after nine. I don't count that either. And we fought back. And we if we had a fourth. But anyways, I can't tell you the updated record because we got a new four-man video coming out. But we're establishing ourselves. We're, we're, we had a rocky start as a four-man, but we're getting set on some solid ground. We're making a run now. Yep. Best four man in the country is what we're going for. Eventually, the goal is to take on four play. Yep. Four v four. And oh. then uh, Bob does sports. Would you be able to play, or would you be so starstruck? Um. Would you? Grand. I think. I think you give me uh, some transfusions in me. I'll be all right. Would you rather take on four play the four of them four or uh, Micah and Tig? Who? Mike. So I think no, <laughs> they would switch it up. It'd be Micah. No, it'd be 4v2, Mike and T versus us. Yeah, I'd do that for sure. That one. I'd go them over four play. Here we, go. we wouldn't have Brady Conte. He'd be like just staring the whole time. <laughs> staring at Grant the whole time. <laughs> Anyways. But Y'all want to get – You could do Tig, Grant, Garrett. Do them. What? <laughs> On the four man. Garrett's not going to show up oh, with no. them two involved. That's what bad are, blood. We could do a four man versus good good with Luke Kwan. You know, I don't watch any of their videos anymore, honestly. I don't either. I don't either. Bubby yeah. kind of ruined it. You don't like Bubby? That post he made was rough. Yeah, that was kind of like. Oh, the bunker? Where is it? Yeah. It's from, you went from good to from his, silver, gold to silver yeah. or whatever. Yeah. His, yeah. His, his caption was a little was thought like, out where he's like, he's like, it sounded like a little hurt. Like it really hurt yeah. him deep oh, I'm down. Sure, and I'm sure it hurt for both of them to leave. Then. Which I'm sure all the Dylans were in the background unfolding for Callie oh, yeah. and Taylor Made, and I think if I had to pick right now, I'd go. Wilson. Whoever calls us, oh. we are open for a business decision. Except live golf, do not call us. Oh gosh, you can call me. <laughs> He's already wearing the black shirt. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I'm ready. Anyways, what do you got next? I got the Jennifer. <laughs> the Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer Open. The Genesis Invitational Recap. My pick almost won it. Yeah. I was so excited. I actually did not get the pick because I swapped at the end of it. Because oh. I, I said Rom at first and then I said Colin. But, Colin. uh, yeah, Rom wins. This is five out of his last eight events that he's played. Three out of the last five. Okay. Is he too good? <laughs> no, I, in 2023. Yeah. Three out of five. Yeah. You think what kind of like what Vince said earlier? He's gonna play. He's played four, five good ones, and now is he just gonna have a crappy rest of the year? Do you think he's gonna no? Play? I think he stays on fire. He's on a major this year. I think a major. For oh sure. yeah, uh, he, he's not clutch. It's the one thing he's not. He's clutch. He don't have in his jeans. JT he can't did. win. Rory can't win. I think Max let him. He sl- he let him slip up a couple times and didn't really take advantage because Rom was hitting it all over the place. Did in that you last see how round. much that that round meant to Max? He was crying oh, in the yeah. post. Yeah. No, that was no, the next no. thing I had, how heartbroken he was after the way he finished. And you know who made him cry? Who? Rappaport. That's who asked the question? He asked the question, yep. Well, that makes two of us because I was crying when I saw he didn't win because I thought I was going to finally get a pick right. <laughs> he let me down. Uh, the other guy, Tiger, played his uh, – The he, other he guy? Made, that's he, what you referred to him? Yeah, the, the other, other guy. The big cat. The, the big host cat. of the whole tournament? Yeah, the host. He he made the cut. He did what we said he, would he wouldn't do. do. Yeah. Uh, and he – Shot a lower score than we said he would. He yep. shot a 60, uh, 67. Well, we said day one he would go under par. I think he was. Yep, he went 69, day two, 74. He did not. Yeah, day two. We called that. We said under par and then over par and then no The cut, cut line was just too high. Yeah, that's what I think. He yep. made the cut and then he just showed off on day three. Yeah. And then I think he <laughs> – I saw that on Friday he was hitting some drives still over 180 ball speed. Oh, yeah, his average was like 183 or something yeah. like that. And then I think on Sunday he was averaging around like 165. So you could definitely tell like 
I need him drops to off. pull his pants leg up. I don't think there's anything wrong with his leg. I think it's all fake. <laughs> I heard it's bionic. <laughs> you think he's that's just materialized? Yeah, no, it's, it's like, like a spring. That's why he's able to push. Kind of like Oscar Pistorius. Doc Ock. No, Oscar. Oh. The Tink Tink. Remember the guy with the blades? I don't know who Doc that is. He I thought you were talking about Oscar, Doc Ock. I thought, no. Octavius. Do you know who Oscar Pistorius is? Mm-mm. Well, you're I mean, talking about uh, X-Men, I'm talking you? about Spider-Man. No, this, oh. is a, this is a real individual. <laughs> oh, he has a bionic leg? No, he, he don't have legs. <sighs> why run- are we saying like him if we're talking about... Because he's got oh. the little blades. I mean, I don't know him. Oh, I've, seen, about. I've seen that. You think that's before. what Tiger has on his shoe? Semi. Semi. It's a lot better looking than that. That's probably Pro- he can push I, off so quick. And Tiger probably hasn't murdered any girlfriends. Is that guy? That has? guy? Yeah, he's in prison. He his oh. I think he's from like South Africa. You think we get him on the pod to confirm or deny that? No, I think he's locked up. You, those well, they give him shows all the time. Yeah, they're on shows all the time. Well, if we're gonna get him, we might as well get Tiger King. <laughs> we're gonna start going for jail I bet Tiger King would do it. He, you know, he's all about it. <laughs> uh, so. He said, "Boy, you sure look pretty." <laughs> <laughs> So do you have Zach Blair winning? No, I don't have him winning. For Honda Classic? Yeah, yeah, I have him winning. I oh, you do? I feel <laughs> good. I feel good. Okay. I need to look at the field because I know good it's a small Lord, you're supposed to already have Listen, this thing. Bro, I'm busy at work. The field is not. <laughs> I know I know y'all talk, but. You're not going to know anybody in this field. The field, field is not Give loaded. me Max McCreevy. Is he in it? He probably is. You should Max probably search for him, though. I'm looking. Also, the winning score last year was only 10 under, so it's a tough, tough little tournament. Oh. Turf. Turf. Let me uh so I see uh Dylan Fratelli. Oh, Davis Riley. Oh, or Riley Davis as Zach called him. Um, I don't even, can pick rosters right now. It's not loaded. You gotta what? Uh, I've already got, picked yeah, one. I was already on it. Oh, oh you talking about fantasy? Yeah. Oh, I went straight to the just the, the score. Under my yeah. my pick to win is Sun J M. Oh, going a little uh what's he from the Japanese? Mm-hmm. A little native Japanese. Okay, that's a little a good native pick. Japanese. Zach Blair posted on his story, I think it was yesterday, that uh, he went to check in for the tournament, and the people did not know who he was. Really? said, are you a caddy, sir? And he said, no, I'm a player. I mean, is that really that big a deal for him? Well, then another guy was like, oh, I bet it's going to be nice one day when you check in and people actually know who you are. They said, And Zach <laughs> was like, oh, this is a reality check this week. But I got my boy. He does have eight um – like events that he's supposed to be able to play this year, right? What do you call uh, that? Yeah, I think exemptions. Exemptions, yeah. I think he's at. Give me Harry Higgs. Oh, he's in the field. He's mm-hmm. in the field. He's not good, but that's a good pick. <laughs> he's as good For as you to look at. I they know who he is. I, I about to say, if you're just going off the most known people in the field, that's a good pick. <laughs> well, I didn't see Max's name. I went with him again. Joel Damon might be in there, too. I don't know. Did y'all watch all eight episodes? Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I've gotten none. Yeah, no. I'm on episodes. I just started seven. I got oh, uh, I got the Hogwarts game. Is I've that what you've been playing? I've been wizarding my way through <laughs> one out on Call my, of Duty. My only things I wish they would have. Uh, so each episode is like a different storyline, different people. I want them to do another one, but like I want to focus on somebody for a minute, not just. I don't know. It was all right. I guess. Like through their whole yeah. season. I didn't like how like – so episode one was JT and Jordan Smith. Yeah. And it talks about the PGA Championship. And then like episode five, somebody else, and it goes back to the PGA. Yeah. I wanted to show the PGA Championship and all that in one episode. Then yeah. I wanted to go to another tournament, then another tournament. Yeah. It was pretty good. I've, I've had – there's a lot of mixed reviews out there about it right now, and most of it was that – just the yeah. timelines were all kind of skewed. Dan, but Dan's all in there, Rappaport. Yeah. The, Matt, the Matty Fitz episode, he's all in that. Yeah, because I didn't know he was friends with Matty yeah. Fitzpatrick. They went to college together. Dude, there's so you are, you watched the episode. Yeah, my favorite part in the whole season is when uh, he wins that tournament because I didn't know. Obviously, you don't hear it on the tour, 
but everybody's like calling him Maddie McNewbalance or Skechers. Oh yeah, Skechers. And Maddie like making fun of him. Yeah, it was like Katie was like almost crying. Yeah, because it's like saying hurtful stuff and like nobody was believing in him. And then he made the putt and won it. And I was yep. like, that's what all y'all get. But they're everybody it. was pulling for Willie they're Z, like screaming mean stuff at him. Yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't know they're like that on PGA Tour. Event. It's just because he's a European guy. Yeah, nice guy though. I like still crazy. Part. Writes all this stuff down. Every shot. Every shot. And they were. Was it on foreplay? They were talking about when we say every shot. Every shot. He showed, every shot range, he showed his yardage books. Yeah. They're, well, they're talking range shots. Every shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every shot, range, practice. He has a uh, Excel sheets. What in him? Yep. And it tracks. It goes back in there and it tracks and it shows him all his stats and everything. I don't, I don't understand the point of it. Like, obviously, knowing your yardage is great. Thing. But, I mean... Every shot? Every shot. The wind was blowing three miles an hour off the northwest. I hit a nine iron, and it went to the right. Like, how's that going to help you in a couple? Oh, I remember that time I wrote down that the wind was blowing three miles an hour off and the And I was in Florida. Yeah. yeah. But now, now I'm in Washington. <laughs> yeah. In Washington, it's but hey, 12 degrees. There's he different won, humidity. He won a U, was it a U.S. Open? It was a major championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a U.S. So yeah. I ain't hating. I ain't got one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can write what he wants to write. He's a major champion. And with that being said, we're going to take it to the drop zone question. Presented by our friends at Warlord Beard Oil. Warlord Beard Oil, bringing you the finest in handcrafted essentials for facial hair care. BSG 15 for 15% off of your order. Go and get you some apparel. I just noticed uh, the green one right there beard. is turned backwards. That's they got combs. They got, do they oh, have brushes? They got brushes, combs, shirts. I need a new brush. Flags, uh, scents, scents for the car, which I love. I don't think I'll buy another one. Even when I go get like the truck wash and they give me one, I'm like, no thanks. It doesn't I smell. Just it just smells like soap. Yeah. The ones that they give you. They got emails, but <laughs> They do but. have un- unread emails. Yeah. We're going to have to send them a message. Or, or maybe email. red and just left <laughs> on red. Oh, gosh. <laughs> left on red. <laughs> so today's drop zone question is, what would your handicap be if you started playing from the Ford T's? Five. Are we still practicing as much as we practice now, which is zero? Yeah. <laughs> I think a five. I don't know. Well, you played the four tees at the fields. It's undocumented because the footage got deleted. But you still shot pretty high that day. It didn't help any because we shot high. That's only because I, I didn't have the range. Oh, the one. Cause we, well, no, because we, uh, we started 18 birdies or whatever, so I didn't know the distances. Oh. So I was pin high on a lot of, from the tee box on a lot, mm-hmm. but I was in the bunker on yeah. both sides. It would definitely it. be lower. I think like a four or five. What if we played all year at point in the Reds? Mm-hmm. Oh, it'd be unstoppable. There ain't there ain't more than a handful of rounds I'd shoot over eighty. I think I you definitely think. are gonna like get rid of like probably a second shot on every par five. Like you're gonna at least oh yeah be on the green more times than two yeah, than you your would. Your third shot is now your original fourth shot trying to get yeah. up. Yeah. Now I think it could screw you up on some par fours if you try to like go for it and hit your get yourself in a very, you know, awkward position by oh, the green yeah. or something like that. That makes your second shot difficult and then the time I did play Reds at the field I beat Casey and AJ. You did not so beat he deleted, oh, my. He, deleted the, <laughs> he deleted the clips. Well that series we we abandoned that series for now. <laughs> I think it'll be a good one to come back to. Yeah. We just ran out of time this year filming it. Uh, yeah, I think my – I'm with you. I'm single-digit handicap from the Reds. I think so, too. Especially without practicing any more than we do because the short game is what 
we don't I think really goofs us up a I lot. Know. I got a lesson with Scott Tuesday. Is it tu- next Tuesday? So I'm finally taking advantage of those. And I'm going to tell him, first thing I want to do is 50 yards and in. I said, I'm okay off the box most mm-hmm. days. I'm okay putting. I need that work around the Go greens. And get him to stand, y'all to stand on the first tee and see if you can not hit that house on the right. Oh, I'll try. I'll swing driver <laughs> this time. Oh, a whole one. I know it, uh, both videos. We got to go back there and uh, take on Love Lady. That's yeah. our course. And Colin, we got two more. I can't believe we did not get invited to the uh, the member member because we're <laughs> members. Out there. That's that's uh, April twenty second, same day as our BSG Classic. So we, who do we need us, to talk to about that? Yeah, they could at least send us an invite, and we would have politely declined. Yeah, because we, we already have something going on, which is I the might have showed up. first ever BSG inaugural Classic. BSG Classic. Over $2,000 in prizes. Proceeds headed toward the Big House Foundation, a local charity event. I mean, a local charity here in town. The trophy for first place is right here. You don't you'll get, get your. You yeah. don't keep this one. Well, we have two nice trophies Class. for you to take home. Trophies for you to keep. We're going to have food truck, provided drinks, goodie bags. And if we can fill it up the way we want, we'll go ahead and set up the fall tournament. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing's going to be a vibe. We're going to have music playing, you know, taking a little bit from Live Golf, have music out on the course. Not all the, good, the, the course. good stuff from yeah, Live yeah. Golf. <laughs> we'll have it set up where you're vibing at the beginning. We'll have the putting, the putting stations, what I'm excited about, because you have a chance to win a brand new golf bag. Maddox Moon Golf for next week. Oh, the pod? Sweet. We can talk about that 15-stroke difference that just happened. <laughs> we're going we're to uh, rail them on that yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're going to have to. Um, the pudding, you have a chance to win a brand-new golf bag that we're going to go pick out, some head covers for Moon Golf, uh, half the, the money for the raffle. So yeah. the putting thing is a big win if you can get that. First place, you get to come back to the next one for free. You get $250 gift card apiece at Moon Golf. We're going to have long drives close to the pins. Uh, like he said, drinks we're out going on the course. All out. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're probably losing money, but we're creating a vibe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> creating a vibe. And we want you to be like, hey, this is a fun tournament. We're gonna do it again next year. So we got the Claire Jug. Brent Oliver, if he wins, said he's drinking whole milk out of it. You can do what you want with got it. A if gallon. You win. I heard he was gonna pour some Rory sweat in there. Oh, as that's well. disgusting. <laughs> you can do what you want with it when you win it. You've got it until we say, all right, it's time to clean up. Yep. <laughs> and then it's come with us. But then you can take home your glass ones that are cups as well. I mean, they're not cups, but they can be used as cups. They have an opening. Correct? <laughs> so anything no. with an yes, opening is a cup. Oh, they do have openings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're mini jugs. Yeah. So working with some people, it's going to be a fun time. Get signed up at bestogolf.com. Two-man scramble. Uh, we've got our favorites to win it. Probably Coach. So I'm going with. You think you can get it? Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have a partner yet. Yeah, my partner bailed on me. You know, we had talked about red, be- red beards and back nights. <laughs> left you. Bandits. And, and then everybody started saying they weren't going to play. So I was like, I got to We got to see. He was going to play and just let us work it. <laughs> I know. We got to figure out make sure everything is detailed before we just get on the tee box. I don't know. Who you gonna? So you going to – you know, Mitchell may not show up, so I may be teaming up with <laughs> that's you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we'll just mix. We just want Mitchell had to bring his uh, – Mitch can bring his brother-in-law. He's already signed up with his dad. Oh, They're registered, yeah. Michael's registered with his dad. I have to bring one of his friends. You know, one of his friends that always get him get us it's on these uh, courses. <laughs> um, our plug at AU Club, he's registered, right? Was he one of the guys? Yeah, yeah he was like there. they were the second Zach. team, I think. I think they plan on winning it. They were. I don't know if they ever played at point before, but they're pretty confident. Um, so we'll see. We got. We're almost to the half of our goal. See if you can get Vince to come. Oh yeah, I wish he's probably too busy. <laughs> I wish we can get Ann and Dan on there. 
They said they were coming. Oh, really? That's what they said when I went by Moon Golf. When was the last time you talked to her? Uh, Jay. Jay's supposed to be coming. Is your your brother still going to sign up or is he going to bail on us? I don't know. He's supposed to be a sponsor. He said he's been meaning to sign up, but. So there's one, two, there's three teams right there. Me and Jeremy? Yeah, if if y'all play Uh, together, we'll give y'all like two already? Did he already hype up his partner he said was going to play with him? No, I don't know. He told me (laughs) it was. Or I don't know who he told y'all it was. Who did he say he was getting? <laughs> the buddy he works with. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, he yeah. ain't going to play with him. I didn't think so. But no. I'll tell him he could be my partner then. Yeah. Pending setup. Yeah. We got to get this thing flowing. Won't it be smooth? I know one person won't be there because he's doing too good in the fishing tournament. Jody. He he came in second uh, Saturday. So. What was this, like a little men's league he's in? Jody. Come on now. You could skip that on that for your boys. We'll catch you at Roanoke, though. I'm ready to get out there. Zach's never played. I've never been there still. We'll have to plan it. So that's what we got going on. Get signed up to the BSG Classic. That's it for episode 44. Hopefully by 47, we'll have confirmed to you the details on 50. Episode 50 with the hole we're playing, so you can just walk in with that club and swing it. And, uh, I'm hoping Payne's Valley. Yeah, I'm good with it. Just got to get the yardage and uh, do that thing. So thanks for watching. That's it.